This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we talk about what made news, what didn't, and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. Before we begin, I want to tell all the new listeners about News Laundry. We are a 100% ad-free platform. We need your support to stay afloat. At the moment, six of my colleagues are out in Maharashtra and Rajasthan to cover the various effects of the COVID crisis in the country. You can find all their reports on our website. So please do go to newslaundry.com and subscribe and pay to keep news free. Today, we have with us Siddharth Singh, who is one of our latest entrants in our newsroom. Siddharth, can you tell me a little bit about what you do at News Laundry and what you were doing before this? Hi, Nidhi. Um, so I'm Siddharth. I've just joined News Laundry two and a half weeks back. I've joined as a researcher, uh, and prior to this, I was teaching at Ashoka University. And what made you join News Laundry and quit your teaching job? Pretty much, I mean, I've been thinking about a newsroom job for a very long time, hmm. um, and quite a long time, actually. And um, I figured that I should give it a crack. There was an opening, so I applied and got through. Nice. And uh, Siddharth, you've recently done a report titled, Does Ramdev Really Speak for Ayurveda? No, According to Ayurvedic Practitioners. Um, now, I don't think I need to introduce Ramdev. He makes sure we all know of his existence. He's appeared and continues to do mm. so on television screens almost every other day. Um, so far, Ramdev has actually positioned himself as the torchbearer of the Hindutva project. He's constantly praised Modi and the practices that the Prime Minister himself propagates. Um, a New York Times article actually quotes that Ramdev has called Modi a close friend. And the Prime Minister also publicly lauds Patanjali's uh, various Ayurvedic products, medicines, cosmetics, food stuff. But things have changed a little during the pandemic. And uh, Ramdev, who used to position himself quite vociferously as an anti-vaccine person, as of today morning, he has uh, changed his mind and said that he will take the vaccine. Now, Siddharth, um, in your story, can you tell me about firstly why you decided to do this story? Was there something that you saw that made you sit up and look into this? Or was your family too much into Ayurveda that you decided to take it on? You're absolutely correct with the latter half of, um, <laughs> you know, so my, my mother is very much, um, I had a massive debate with her. Mm. And um, while I was working on the nuisance episode that News Laundry did on Ramdev, I, uh, in addition to the TV debates that he did, he did all these debates with Arts Tuck on CNN 18. And uh, one of the things that I ended up sitting through was this Sanskar channel hmm. um, where he, you know, I mean, Ramdev is pretty much unable really to go through two sentences without claiming a cure. Even when he's not being pressured by um, the modern medicine community, he, this is something that he does very often. And hmm. just in general, as a consequence of the pandemic, I feel that the media hmm. got caught in a very awkward position where um, journalists had to question um, experts and yet uh, did not really know have the know-how because all of a sudden the threshold for scientific literacy had increased. Mm. So while I was listening to Ramdev sort of claim that he has cure for this, Ayurveda has cure for that and while I was looking at my mother sort of really just fawn over this guy, mm. I thought that who are, who are the sort of uh, experts when it comes to Ayurveda because clearly he, you know, it doesn't take a very intelligent person to look at him and say that he's not an expert, you know, he doesn't sound like an expert. Um, so I figured that it would be interesting to get in touch with a person who actually 
uh, spends their day-to-day life um, steeped pretty much in Ayurvedic practice. Mm. And I found that uh, they, they agree. I mean, they don't really see Ramdev as a representative of their discipline. So what does it take to be an Ayurvedic expert? Like if you have to be an Ayurvedic practitioner, what does that involve? Um, so it turns out that there is a, you know, you have to do a bachelor's degree, uh, or BAMS or a bachelor's in Ayurvedic medicine and surgery, which is a five and a half year course with four years of coursework. And then you do a um, year and a half's worth of apprenticeship to the senior um, Ayurvedic practitioner. Um, then you are sort of eligible to open a clinic for which you have to get a registration and you can even go for a um, MD or an MS and pursue uh, studies even beyond a bachelor's degree. Um, so yeah, you know, and uh, I perhaps one thing that I should um, make very clear for the listeners, I found that a lot of these people were sensible, you know, they're not, um, they're qualified, they're educated, they don't really... When you say these people, who do you mean? Um, the Vedyas, you know, the Ayurvedic practitioners. Hmm. Um, they're not really, you know, you would want the cultural imagination doesn't really have space for them. I realized, you know, the media does not really portray the Ayurvedic practitioner, even though Ayurveda is so much in the news um, these days, it's always somebody like um, Ramdev. Hmm. So uh, even though I had a very uh, obvious bias in that, I don't really stand by Ayurveda um, or most traditional medical systems, I found that it was a question not really of if you agree or disagree, but there was a question of accuracy and Mm -hmm. um, sort of portraying the right person, uh, representing the right person in the media when it comes to, you know, an Ayurvedic practice, because it's not Ramdev and the people who do practice it, I mean, nobody's really speaking with them in the media. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in your report, you've also stated that Ramdev has often conflated the idea of yoga to be Ayurveda. Um, uh, can you point out instances where he does this and also when you spoke to people how did they make the distinction so uh, to clarify to our listeners what we're trying to assert through your report is that doing yoga does not mean you practice Ayurveda right? Pretty much yes so one of the things that um, these practitioners they told me was that you know uh, this notion that you should do exercise and you know Ramdev often he claimed you know in these same interviews um, and when he was doing those uh, public yoga gatherings on Sanskar channel, I mean, he flits very uh, easily between uh, yoga and Ayurveda. He'll often say something like, I have reduced the weight of 100 kilos. BP, sugar, thyroid, arthritis, asthma, hepatitis, liver cirrhosis, fatty liver cured. And I have reduced the weight of 10 days and I have reduced the weight of 1 month. I have reduced the weight of 1 month. I have reduced the weight of 1 month. I have reduced the weight of 1 Basically, he'll just keep rattling off these ailments and say that I have the cure for them. If you visit the Patanjali website, you'll find that, you know, pretty much for most of they have so many medicines, but for many of these medicines, they'll say Ki, you have to do uh, yoga and you have to do uh, consume these uh, Patanjali medicines and you can cure hypertension or any of these other diseases. Um, so for a lot of these practitioners, they were careful. One of the first things that they would say when I asked them, do you does do you think that uh, Ramdev represents you or does he represent um, Ayurveda really? A lot of them said that no, he doesn't at all. And they made this distinction that, you know, he's a yoga guru. 
so why should he be speaking about ayurveda at all and many even said that actually he is not even qualified to be talking about yoga um because uh, there are similar channels for um, uh, being an expert as it were for something like uh, you know uh, tradition of yoga and you know over and above that there is actually i think a very um interesting almost uh, discrepancy with um ramdev and his sort of uh, fascination for yoga which is actually western you know not a lot of people i find that the media does not really point this out often um, western in what sense You so you know this idea that you should uh, be doing yoga and you know to sweat it out and lose weight and be healthy this is a pretty much a western concept mm-hmm. this is something that the uh, the practitioners mentioned as well that uh, you know traditionally yoga is not supposed to be you roll out on yoga mat and you do x y z 1 2 3 asana right mm-hmm. and you lose weight it's supposed to be a more uh, spiritual thing you know it's not really uh the same thing as health you know even though in these traditional systems they often overlap and interweave this notion that you should be doing um uh, yoga to be fit it is actually western you know uh, it's a mm-hmm. fairly recent uh, um idea which has really been fueled by uh, sort of western uh, public taking yoga up to uh, quote unquote lead a more healthy life etc so they were careful to make these distinctions hmm and ramdev himself you know is a brand but he also has managed to successfully push patanjali as a standalone brand and him being the face of that brand now what is patanjali and how did they enter the market and what sort of gap do you think patanjali was closing in the market because obviously it's got a huge uh, base of people consuming it so what was it what was the appeal of patanjali or what is the appeal of patanjali so uh, you know a bit of background on patanjali it started in 2006 with uh, he co-founded it with acharya balakrishnan and um, you know they sort of uh, really i mean their sort of take off was not instant it was not really in 2006 um but as far as a gap is concerned what gap have they plugged in the market i think that's something that uh you know it merits an inquiry because i spoke to eight i managed to speak to eight uh, of these practitioners across the country mm. um and nobody is you know um prescribing their medications um they don't seem to think that uh, patanjali is what one would call quote unquote an ayurvedic uh, medicine you know that they're not really making ayurvedic medicines so it's you know interesting then i think to think about where is patanjali making its money is it making it through these medicines or is it making it through the ghee and through uh, all these other uh, products that they sell mm. so um, pretty much yeah i think that uh, as far as the appeal of patanjali is concerned uh, one of the major appeals is of course this notion of uh, it being traditional and uh, you know if you go to their website um, they're very uh, straightforward in that they're a nationalist enterprise um, and bharat first right so these mm. ideas of course have gained a lot of traction in the last uh, uh, well in the last two terms right um, so I, i would uh, put it to that that is really a home grown alternative for so many a spectrum of products is perhaps uh, a gap that they've been able to plug uh, but right. i think as far as uh, 
the medication is concerned which is supposed to be their mo um, one should perhaps uh, think about if those medicines are even really being sold and hmm. zooming into like one product okay so let's take one product that you've spoken about in your report which is patanjali divya mukta vati extra power yeah. uh, which claims to cure hypertension and high blood pressure yes um and you've said that the website actually uh, claims that it's a success because they have experimented with millions of people now what exactly is problematic with this claim that you found during your research right first of all i mean you know just this divya muktavati extra power and the sort of claim that they made on their website uh, with the you know that it it cures hypertension and it cures all sorts of combination of other ailments as well but um, supposedly but it also they have come to this this conclusion by successfully experimenting on millions of people i mean that's very obviously it's a facetious claim right mm-hmm. um, but for any medication to be um you know if you go so far as to say something like i found the cure right and for any medication to be uh, you know to go past a quote unquote experiment um you have to register it right and the dcgi has um sort of made this mandatory with the uh, clinical trials registry of india where you have to you know you have to do a trial and you have to register that trial hmm. so that other people can access the information and um you know do any cross questioning or get in touch with uh, the people who are uh, conducting the trial um and of course i mean i found that uh, there were a lot of discrepancies in that uh, of course there were no millions of people there were mm. only 50 people which is sort of universally considered to be very less for a trial and i found that there were all sorts of these loose ends um the trial is not over um it began in 2020 yet that medicine is on the uh what do you call it patanjali website it's being sold um, you know he is saying we can cure hypertension but the uh, trial is incomplete hmm. um so i i got in touch with actually this is something that i was unable to include in the report because uh, they were not willing and they didn't really speak to me but i managed to call the people who were um conducting the trial and i asked them and they said that uh, we've done a sort of a trial for this before but i said it's not on the website it's not registered and uh, they didn't really uh, sort of answer that question and then they cho- chose to uh, cut the call and when i um, contacted them again over the next uh, few days i called them several times they didn't really pick up my mm. call so yeah i found that uh, there were a lot of loose ends um, and you know if you just take anybody can go to the ctri website and uh, you know if you don't have the regist- there's a registration number for each trial but right. thankfully the website is also searchable with keywords so if you have the name of the medicine you can just uh, enter the name of the medicine and see the trials if they're happening or not and for most of these patanjali medicines i found that um, there was no trial hmm and you know in your report i sensed uh, two kinds of frustration among the ayurvedic practitioners that you spoke to right one is their frustration with ramdev being pushed as the face of ayurveda mm. um, and the other is also the frustration of how the medical community has left a whole section of practitioners out in the face of the covid crisis right right so can you also tell me a little bit about these two kinds of frustrations and and what is their state of mind right now so um 
you know uh, these ayurvedic practitioners i found they were they they're sitting at a very interesting junction where i mean they don't really you know uh, the debate this entire episode with ramdev and uh, modern medical practitioners sort of you know really polarized everything where you see it ayurved versus modern medicine but these guys are in an interesting place where they don't really see anything to do with ramdev but they still uh, you know have pretty much an you know and i even use the word adversarial with um, some of the practitioners i asked them do you feel like there is an adversarial relationship with the medical community and their answer was yes um so as far as ramdev is concerned you know they felt that uh, you know we are a sort of neglected um, uh, medical community and there is a public health emergency and we are not being made use of um and we would like to be of more use in a more centralized and scaled up uh, manner um mm. so uh, you know even though uh, we don't really agree with ramdev at least ayurved is entering the public consciousness and at least he's talking about it one of the practitioners even went so far as to say that this is a very old fight or ab ye dukh jo hai ramdev ke muh se nikal raha hai um mm. so um that's what they felt really vis-a-vis ramdev in that they didn't really agree with him but they saw him as they see him as some sort of opportunity really but at the same time interestingly in your report you also say that there is a certain um frustration to see that india has actually fallen behind the world when it comes to ayurveda yes despite india being one of the places that always came to be the expert of ayurveda right yes definitely right that's the second part of it where they feel like it's a neglected uh, discipline and uh, you know one of the practitioners mentioned china traditional chinese medicine is being used their papers on it um and that uh, all sorts of other countries are thinking about integrating modern medicine with traditional medicine but at the same time i think that uh, you know it's important not to just take that at face value um you know we have an ayush ministry we have a you know a health minister who repeatedly has stepped in to champion not just ayurveda in general but the medicine like coronal mm-hmm. and you know so for example just within up there are 74 colleges that offer a ayurvedic uh, course degree um so all over the country I mean, it's not as if i would disagree actually it's a very biased thing to do but um i think that that's something that shouldn't really be taken at face value because even if you look at the way in which this was covered in the media um this entire episode uh, you know i i look at think uh, modern medical uh, practitioners are not able to actually look even somebody like ayur uh, ramdev in the face and really question ayurved that actually a lot of it is anecdotal you know mm-hmm. uh, there's not actually a lot of science that has proven right that uh, it can be scaled up and used um, so it's not as if you know the idea of ayurved it has power in india i don't think that it's right to say that uh, you know it's just been neglected um, mm. but definitely you know it going ahead i think you know we ha- we have to think about uh, where exactly is the general uh, bar now when it comes to scientific literacy um we have to think about what kind of space can we give to traditional medicine um but having said that yes um you know they do feel that uh, more can be done to centralize um ayurveda as a recognized and accepted medical practice and as far as ramdev is concerned they don't really see eye to eye with him but uh, they will sort of grudgingly 
stand by him as he's asking these questions right and um, you know as a reporter when you were calling all these people and considering the pro- proximity that ramdev has with the ruling party or at least had um were people openly speaking about him were they hesitant were they scared what was what was that like so they were not openly speaking you know it took uh, some amount of ushering a few didn't really go on record and uh, nobody really wanted to um sort of uh, openly go against what uh, ramdev had to say um so definitely i think that there was uh, some element of fear was there that it being a, even a topical issue as these things were unfolding um many of them were hesitant um yeah. to just go on record and say but i did find that at least one of them uh, uh, you know was very vocal um but uh, you know and i quoted him even in the report as he went on record to say jhola chap hai and yeah. when i asked him also do you want me to go ahead with that and he said you must so i found that uh, that that practitioner was an anomaly actually um, but uh, a lot of the other people were hesitant they were not really um, um sort of gung ho about saying something against ramdev um did it help you with your conversation with your mother <laughs> uh, i made her read the report um but um, and she's you know she uh, <laughs> was not really on board with it she said that you know why do you have to go after him he is such a she even used the word gifted and such a gifted individual you know and he does uh, he's so knowledgeable and you know he's uh, so uh, simple and Uh, even elegant that okay, uh, you know that's what she said at least but mm-hmm. you know i think that i think it's very important um to have these debates at home um right. but also i think uh, collectively now think about who is in, like the bar for who is an expert is not low it's a twig on the floor everybody is stepping over it making claims and uh, sort of saying that uh, you know you can a guy like ramdev who so evidently you know not really uh, an expert on anything Hmm. um is able to start a you know patanjali launched a research institute in 2017 and you know if we just take it at face value acharya balakrishnan is the most and you know he's preternaturally intelligent i mean he's been on a roll 150 publications in um you know well known even some of them um, right. peer reviewed uh, journals how is that happening i mean you know because evidently he is not an expert um so i think that these questions have to be asked of these people now and perhaps mm-hmm. maybe even journalists have to engage more with these journals and perhaps uh, going forward maybe that's not going to be an option um you reach and, out to ramdev's team at all or try to reach ramdev i i i, I did not uh, really manage to reach ramdev i i, I uh, reached out to these patanjali researchers but uh, they didn't really engage with me Right. Uh, okay, Sadat. Thank you for uh, joining us and speaking about your fantastic report. I really suggest that all of you go and take a look at the report. It's important for us to be well informed before we see barking dogs on television and blindly believe them. Um, but before I let you go, Sadat, I want to know what is it that you would recommend to our listeners this week? I would make two recommendations actually. So, and one of them is more snooty than the other. um so i just finished reading a book called in other rooms other wonders by uh, daniel muinuddin um mm-hmm. i think it was sort of a it's a collection of short stories out of uh, pakistan 
um and i would really recommend it i think it's somewhat it's a it, it's an old book uh, which published in 2009 but i would recommend it because i think it's somewhat of a it's managed to do something which india has perhaps failed which is to talk about tell real um, stories about class in the english language mm-hmm. he's really able he's managed to do it uh, in a very skillful and artful manner so i'd recommend that and the second thing I recommend is while I was working on this report, a good friend of mine, he sent me something, a video, uh, which uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who didn't know about this. About Javed Akhtar apparently debated Satguru in 2012, mm. um, and uh, it's, it's you know it's an interesting watch. I would recommend that people look that up and uh, watch that debate because um, you know not that long ago one could look a sadhu mistake in the eye and even lampoon them to their face. You know. um that mm-hmm. was as recent as 2012 so i recommend that the uh, our, our listeners uh, go and watch that debate because it's it's interesting to see that and the impossibility maybe of that happening today wonderful and um, my recommendation would be this particular book that i've been reading actually for a while i keep going back to it uh, in different pieces it's called the freedom to be free by hannah arendt and uh, it's basically a collection of three of her speeches that she gave and really talks about the idea of uh, what really labor is and what work is and how to find your sense of self in the midst of the two it's a bit philosophical and dense as arent always promises to be but um, for me i found it an interesting read especially in times like this where um, one your sense of workspace has totally been robbed off like you your your domestic and political and workspace everything is your one bedroom and to sort of uh, know that this is not the first time it's happening to people this is not the first time people have been thinking about it itself uh, for me gives me a lot of comfort um yeah and i just absolutely love arent anyway so that would be my recommendation for this week mm-hmm. and um, with that this podcast is adjourned uh, thank you for tuning in All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.